Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 77. Guys, seven is my favorite number. Two sevens, that's two of my favorite number of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is super, 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 super cool. Jessica Zimmerman, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited that you are here. Guys, Jessica has an amazing story and I cannot wait to pick her brain. Uh, she and I are on our similar mission, so you're gonna have fun today. Jessica is on a mission to help creative entrepreneurs turn their passion into a wildly profitable business. And she did that, but she didn't start out that way. Jessica was teetering on the edge of bankruptcy, working 16 hour days with a daughter at home who barely knew her mother, infant twin sons, and an ill husband who lost his job. From bo broke to boss, she took massive action. Gotta love that line. After successfully scaling a six-figure floral company, designing $100,000 weddings that attracted A-list celebrity clients, Jessica scaled to seven figures in one year with no advertising and no affiliates, working less than 30 hours a week. She's been featured in People Magazine, Thrive Global, Once Wed, Martha Stewart Weddings, Style Me Pretty, Southern Living Brides, and more. Jessica, you're living everybody's dream right now. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> there's, there's a lot that goes on behind that, that glorious little pitch right there for sure. Always, always, <laughs> always. And you and I are on such a similar mission because I always say, I just want people to do what they love, earn buckets of money and still have a life doing it. And it sounds like you're on a mission to do the same. Tell me a little bit about this, this jump you made though. Cause I also, I talk all the time how I grew my business with no advertising and, and it sounds like just very, very similar wavelength. Right. Absolutely. And, and hear me say, I do a lot of marketing now. Um, so anyone who follows me now, who's listening, they're like, that's not true. She markets all the time. I do now. <laughs> um, but basically I started tracking, this is back when I was doing weddings and I was advertising in magazines. I was advertising, you know, by going to these bridal fairs and because that's what everybody did. And I was just doing it because I thought, well, yeah, that's what you got to do. Whatever I says, you got to do it. So you got to do it. And I started tracking and I would ask every single client how they found me. And at the end of the year, I realized not a single client found me from any of the places I was advertising. And at the time I was, I was advertising 20 to $25,000 a year in these wow. things. And so I thought, wow, if I could take that and then, and what I did notice was my ideal clients, the people I loved working with, they all had found me through referral from a, their photographer. Cause at the time people were booking their photographer before they were booking their floral designer. And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to contact like the top five high-end photographers here in the area, and I'm just going to cater to them. I'm going to take them out to breakfast or lunch. I'm going to send them birthday gifts or anniversary gift cards, whatever it is. And I gave them like a media kit of my work. I spent about $200 doing that over a year. And that is how I very quickly went from just these small weddings to a six-figure wedding in a year 
Um, and then I continued to do six figure weddings. And so it's really, I just was learning, like, it's not about what everybody else does. It's about what works for you. And I think that's, gosh, that's such an easy thing because we are so visual today and everybody is looking constantly and comparing and everything. And I think that's probably, we're going to get to the best advice, I'm sure at some point during this podcast, but <laughs> that is, that is it, is that you just can't look at what anyone else is doing. You have your own business, even if it's similar as someone down the street, it's different. It's different. It's you, you're, you're different. And so what works for you is going to be different than what works for them. And you have to be really honest about that. And numbers help. Numbers help. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love this. is like everything I teach in Marketing Magic. Like, you just taught, like, my Module 8. Oh, uh, wonderful. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. <laughs> there you go, guys. I gave you Module 8 for free. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, but that that's it, right? So, my Marketing Magic, is, it's my um, my group coaching course where you never waste money on marketing again. Right. The, at the essence of it is pretty much everything you said, Right. We teach tracking, we teach smart marketing. There's a whole lot more in it and there's branding and targeting and sales and all that stuff. Sure. But essence is if something's not working. Are we still doing it? Fix it. I know that yeah. I love that line. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. The opposite is also true. Yes, <laughs> like absolutely. I can't tell how many people have come to me and they're like, so Essie, should I keep doing my Google ads? I say, well, how are they working? They're like, oh, they're not working yet. How well, long do you no. <laughs> about six months. I'm like, I'm sorry. You're paying money to something for six months and it hasn't done anything. Yeah, but maybe it takes time. I'm like, maybe it doesn't. Right. <laughs> maybe it doesn't right. take any time at all, actually. It's true. Maybe Google Ads are one of those things that if it doesn't work in a week, you shut it down. Maybe that's. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm a big believer in like, let's let's try try something and see if it works. And if it does, great. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. But you also need to be really smart about your money. I'm big on if you're going to be a business, you need to you need to treat it like a business, you know, and yeah. you need to know these numbers. You need to know how things are working, what's the conversion rate, you know, and all of these things. And most people just write someone a check blindly and think they're going to bring me all this business. That's not how it works. You have to be in charge of bringing the Preach. business. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So good. So how did you even get started in this? How did you get into flowers to begin with? Because there was a beginning even before this beginning. Sure. Yeah. I basically just always wanted to own my own business. The very uh, shortened version of it is that I lost my sister when I was little. And so I grew up, um, it was just me and my parents. And when I went off to college, I, well, I, I grew up very quickly, obviously when that happened, I was, I was almost four my sister died and I she was older or younger she was um almost nine um okay. when she when she died so she was five years older than me I idolized her she was a super kind older sister who um included me I wasn't a, a pest to her and we had a really great relationship and I think that I've lived uh, most of my childhood and growing up years feeling very misunderstood um, you know, just things like, oh, this is just, she's an only child. I'm actually not. I'm a second born child, you know, or, um, but it, it made me grow up. I had to kind of, in some ways, take on a very adult role at a young age in my family. And I went to therapy. I, I go to therapy every Tuesday. I'm a big believer in it. <laughs> I think it is so good to educate yourself about yourself. But one of the things that we learned was that I've always been ever since that incident about 10 years older emotionally um, than my physical age, which made so much sense to me because I just was like, okay. Cause I just always felt out of place or misunderstood. And 
basically I just always wanted to own my own business because I saw how difficult it was on my mom when I went to college. She had poured everything into me and I was, I was, I was her job basically. And then I was gone and she didn't have anything that was just hers. And I just told myself, I'm not ever going to do that. Like I know from experience that life is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I could wake up tomorrow and my husband and my three children could have gotten in a car accident. And it's just me like that can happen. That does happen to people. And so that is why I have this mission of you've got to live your life and enjoy your life and love your life and do something for work that you really enjoy doing. But also for me, it's important to have something that is just mine, that is just mine, that I can own, that I, that if something were to happen, I still have some identity in, in this because this is mine. And the only way that I knew how to do that and still be a present mom, because I knew I wanted to have kids one day and a family The only way I knew how to do that was to own my own business because I didn't want to ask permission. I don't take direction very well. I don't like being told (laughs) what to do. And so I just thought that's what's got to happen. And so um, I bought a business because it was offered to me uh, that was a wedding rental business. And I didn't care what the business was. I would have sold knives for a living. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to be my own boss. And so I bought that business. And that rental business nearly drove me into the ground bankruptcy wise and just my physical, everything. It was so difficult. It, I, did, I had no idea how to run it. And when I started once again, finally treating it like a business and looking at the numbers, I realized the floral portion of the business is what actually made money. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to get rid of all the rentals and just do the floral. So to answer your question, that's how I got into flowers. <laughs> that's an awesome story. And Thank did you. Do you do any floral training or do you just hire other florists or do you have a knack for it? That I, I love that question. Um, so I took one class at like a grocery store and <laughs> basically faked it. And now this is hard and I get it. I totally get this. For people who have really trained and they know what they're doing, people like me are so annoying and I get it. I totally get it. And I would probably feel the same way if I were them. But for me, it was, I didn't have a choice. Like I, I had this business loan that I still owed on that I needed. I was on the brink of bankruptcy and this was the only service that my business had that made money. And so I just kind of faked it till I made it. At one point I thought I've got, I mean, I don't really I'm okay if I never touch another flower again. Most people in the wedding industry, if you say that to them, they would they would roll over and die. Like it, it is their life. Like they love it so much. And I'm kind of like, I always kind of felt like, how did I get into this? Like I'm not meant to be here. I'm kind of feeling like a fraud because these people like people would ask me the names of flowers. I'm like, I don't know, some kind of rose. I mean, like I don't know. I I don't know. I don't care. Um, and it's, that was me. And so I just figured out the business end of it really, really well and kind of faked the beauty and the, and the overall production of it. But in the end, I did hone a craft for it. I mean, I, I, I do feel proud of what I can create with no formal training. Um, but am I in, do I consider myself one of the top floral designers in the industry? No, not whatsoever. (laughs) 
I love that. And I actually, I've had a couple of clients who were florists. One of my first clients ever was a florist. And I feel like saying, you know, it's almost like part of your success is because you weren't, because you looked at it like a business instead of, and, and that's always the trouble, right? Because, and, and it's part of what I also teach, because I'm sure you do. When you're so passionate about something, mm -hmm. so in it and you just want to do it. And I want you to do what you love, but you got to still remember the money. Right. And so many people never get both. They either go for money and they hate what they're doing or mm -hmm. they love it and they cannot figure out how to do money from it because they're so deep in it. And I find that so many people who are creative, who are talented, they're just like, they don't, I think because it's so much a part of them, they don't know how to put dollar signs on it. Right. They don't know how to business. It's emotional that. for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an attachment. And it's also so natural. Like I've had people say to me, but I say, I can't charge for this. It only takes me five minutes. I'm like, honey, that's the best thing to charge for. Absolutely. <laughs> the, thing you're so sick. the fact that it takes you five minutes, she's like, oh, so what could I charge? I said, like $20. I'm like, oh, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing is, the question that I always ask, the first question I always ask is, do you want to be a business or do you want a hobby? There's nothing wrong with it being a hobby. But if you want to be a business, you have to know business. You have to treat it like a business. You have to know that businesses make money and that that is the, that's the end goal. Like businesses are either booming or they are going into the ground or they're just, you know, hanging in there. It's, if you want to be a business, then you need to want to be a successful business, which, which entails making money. Yes, that is, I always say, and even for nonprofits, because I, I used to, not as much anymore, but still some, I used to do a ton of nonprofit work. And I always say, business is an entity that exists to do a set of activities in order to earn money. A nonprofit exists to get money in order to do a set of activities. Both have activities, both have money. Absolutely. <laughs> and a nonprofit is, it's just shorthand for not-for-profit business. Guys, did you notice that? The word business was in there. Businesses have money, otherwise it's the, oh my gosh, you and I are like, twin separated. I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I, mean, I, I know our listeners, like they hear me every week and they're like, Jessica, like, did you, did you listen to that? Like, this is everything we say. No, but guys, I want you to understand Jessica and I have never spoken before a few minutes before this recording started. No, this is just the truth. This, this is, is the truth. And I actually confessed to her. I said, forgive me. I, I have never, I have, I've got three kids at home. I go to work and then that's it. Like, I don't really listen to anything. And I don't really know what this podcast is about, but I, I, I did. I just confessed. And so this is, this is natural. This is just us yeah, this saying is it how it is. Natural. Jessica's not cheating at all. She doesn't <laughs> even know what we usually talk about here, guys. <laughs> this is, but this is just the truth. And so many people, that's why we built Business Bootcamp. Like so many people just don't understand the business piece of the business. Like absolutely to me. And sometimes they've already sunk tons of money in something, which always hurts. And, and there's never going to be any money in it. They're like, no, no, I don't mind waiting. I'm like, no, no, let me, let me explain this to you. You will wait forever until you're so deep in debt. That mm -hmm. will be able to, you have to shut it down and about to repair bankruptcy. Like it, it's profit model. Like there's mm -hmm. gotta be money in it somewhere. So I, I love this. I love that you came to it from a business place and then you brought the creative place into it. And it sounds like now you're doing, you're not only doing the flowers, it sounds like now you're looking to help other people turn their talents into proper businesses. Yeah, it's funny because we did our first six-figure wedding. This was um, in 2016. And so in 2017, January and February of 2017, those are our two slowest months of the year. And I am a big believer in utilizing the low season. And I said to 
my right hand gal, Kelly, who's been with me since the beginning, I said, what if we, what if I wrote down like what we do? Like, what if I just wrote down kind of my story of where I was and like what I do now and just the exact systems I use and everything. What if I wrote that? And then like, you could like put it into some pretty PDF and we sold it. And we just, we just did that. Like that'd be a fun thing to do this quarter. And honestly, I didn't really know much about online courses and online. I think I had bought one before, but I wasn't, I, it wasn't oversaturated to me. I wasn't like, oh, I got to get in that at all. It genuinely was just, how can we attempt to make some money this quarter um, during the slow season? And so we did that and then we sold it and we did well. We sold like 40, which by the way, I had zero people on a newsletter list. I had less than 3000 Instagram followers and still 40 people bought that. Where, how and, did they find it? Whoa, whoa, whoa pause. Where did they buy it? Where did they I only, it? I, I, that first time around, I only used Instagram. I would just, which would seem absolutely crazy to me now. Like the, the Jessica today that knows so much more about marketing, I'm like, that's insane. But that also just, I believe there are times that things work because this is now the path you're supposed to go on. It's leading you into that direction. And I just believe that that's what happened. I just went on Instagram and by the way, no, I'm certain that my 3000 followers, there was a good majority of them, you know, probably everybody except those 40 that bought it were like, who does she think she is? Like who does this girl from Arkansas who's done this for a few years think she is? sell it like talking to me about business and what it what in the world so she did one good wedding okay and you know I just <laughs> I just think they probably thought because at the same time now you have to remember I don't follow other floral designers or wedding planners that's part of my thing but I didn't realize there were just like all these big courses left and right coming out I knew of the one that I had purchased and everything but it was very here's how you do flowers. Like, here's how you make arrangements. And mine was not this way. Mine was business. Like, it was like, if you're wanting to buy this for a floral tutorial, this is not the one to do because I'm talking to you about business. And we planned on selling it that one time and that being it. Like, I remember doing it and thinking, well, that was fun. Like, what a fun thing that we did. And moving on to more wedding clients. And then we started getting these emails, testimonies, basically, that we didn't ask for. Or anything we just started getting these emails from students who would say things like I've never booked a client over two thousand dollars before and I booked my first twenty thousand dollar wedding after reading your course I uh, even back then, I didn't even call it a course I called it a business memoir because I didn't I wasn't telling people what to do I was just sharing them what I did and what you have to understand is that because I'm not attached to the floral business like I'm not I'm not scared to share everything. You know what I mean? I think there's I probably there's no like trade secrets here. Yeah. You're like, there's no trade secret because I barely know what to do with the flowers myself. <laughs> right. And I think that there are flower designers who have courses out there who have really great courses, but they've, they're sharing maybe 65% of what they know because they can't share it all because they're still very invested in that business. I'm, I'm okay if I never do, touch another flower again. So I'm, I'm willing to share everything. And so we started getting these testimonies in that were just mind blowing. And we thought, 
we need to do this again. And so we sold it again that fall. Well, that's How when I started this thing for how much did it cost this memoir? That first round, we sold it for a thousand dollars each. <laughs> yeah. We sold it. Okay. Pause. <laughs> Everybody pause. You wrote a PDF that was what, like 30, 50 pages? Oh, no, 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 no. Like it was, it was like a 25 chapters. Okay, had every spreadsheet. It really is a course. It uh, really okay. is a course. So it was like a written out course, but it was but, all written. But we, I wrote it in chapter form. And at the end of each chapter would have a link to the spreadsheet that we use or the link to you know, it, the, it the system. How to build a floral business guide. Yes. But like essentially if you were to, now it's on Kajabi and those chapters are modules and everything, but it was, the, it's the exact same thing. But it was just in a PDF versus Kajabi, and it was chapters versus modules. But it was the exact same thing. And so we sold it for $1,000 each, and I just thought, well, okay, great. And after that is when I thought, if we could sell, that's when my business brain started going, and thought, if we could sell 40 to, with no newsletter list and, and 3,000 Instagram followers, imagine what we could do if we actually knew what we were doing with marketing. and just hearing those testimonies, it made me, because I had finally figured it out, right? How to be a totally present mom and how to make money and how to bring home a six-figure salary. Like I'd finally figured those things out and I didn't want to keep it to myself. I wanted to share it. That was more fun. It was more natural to me than, than doing flowers and dealing with clients about color palettes. Like I don't really care, but I pretended like I did really well. And um, I just, it all made sense to me. It all clicked to me within, when I started receiving those testimonies. That's why I went through that. That's why I was on this flower wedding business because I was meant to teach people who were actually meant to be in this business how to do it and make money and so still have a life that they love. Flowers love. or is this what you do full-time now? This is what I do full-time now. Mm -hmm. uh, so my last wedding was, anymore. yeah, my last wedding was about 15 months ago oh, and wow. I knew in my head that it was my last wedding. Like I didn't tell anybody that, but I knew, uh, for a year before that wedding was done, that that was my last wedding because I didn't take on any more clients or anything. It was difficult to build the education side and the wedding side at the same time. And I knew that if I really wanted to give the education side a go, I would have to be able to fully invest in it, my time in it, because and I'm very- the, the floral business then when you left it? So we have, we sold the, so Zimmerman Education and Zimmerman Events, I still own Zimmerman Events because people need to be able to see, they need to see that I did do this and they're not going to buy this course from somebody who they don't know, they can't see that they did this. So Zimmerman Education, Zimmerman Events is both under my umbrella, my business. And, but we did sell the inventory and we have a building downtown that we leased. And so, yeah, we've, we've done everything really. Wait, but why would you have to keep it? Like you sold it, you moved on and it would still make sense. I don't under, I'm confused. Why would you have to keep it? Your cred is that you went in, you built it. You came in with the business head. You like the business more than the flowers and now you crack the code to growing flower businesses. You sold your flower business. Now you teach it. Because my my loan is still. I need to finish paying it off. 
Ah, uh, there's the answer. Yes. <laughs> it should be really paid lies. off. It should be paid off this year. But also Zimmerman Events was only around for a couple years. It wasn't so around long. So what? I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And but I'm, a, I'm a marketer. That's why. Like I know. I know. I hear, and it's interesting because I say the same thing all the time to people. Don't just shut the doors. Sell it. Pivot. And I feel like that's what I've done. I feel like I did pivot. And I, I like having, having both, even though, because I still do get, we still get features. We still, I do still put that work out there and get that to get, because not everyone is listening. My main audience isn't listening to business podcasts. They are looking in Martha Stewart weddings. You know what I mean? So I still. Taking clients. Do you pass the clients on to other people when people like, if you're out there, you must get inquiries. And if you get inquiries, what do you do with them? Right. Yeah. We pass on them. Mm -hmm. Do you, you pass on them, but do you pass them on? We give recommendation. Yeah. I have a good relationship with someone here who, who we definitely work with. And like, we like a good kickback relationship? Yes. Yes. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> every, every private club time. I'm sorry. I put you No, no, no. You're good. I get, yes. Very good. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, and it's, it's not because I, I want to, to put you on the spot. I want people to understand how to do. I'm also that. not going to sell Zimmerman events while Zimmerman education is so, is doing well because everything about Zimmerman education refers to the things we did under Zimmerman events. And I don't want someone else to take it. And then what if they ruin it? What if it's bad? What if it's, and then they see different reviews and that's not the business I built. And so it really is, it's the same business. It just is. I hear you. And it's also what crafts a story. Like it took, yeah. you know, until halfway through our episode for me to even figure out that you're not doing that. Yeah, and totally. Your story. It's like, oh, florist who built a seven figure floral business. Who's passionate about creative entrepreneurs. Hey, she has a whole education company that teaches creative entrepreneurs. Right, 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 right. right. It's a great hook because I, yes. you know, um, and you also have a podcast and I'm sure you know also that, you know, we get pitched all the time and there's all these like cookie cutter stamped out people. You're like another one. Another. Yep. And guys, you listeners <laughs> know, I don't take any of those, right? I only like fun people like Jessica. <laughs> I love it. Just like, no, I love the questions, questions because no one's ever asked me that. And I'm like, well, how do I answer this? Like, okay, no, like we're not selling it because we can't because we're in it still. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. To understand the inside. Absolutely. You said, you said there's so many. There's more things I want to ask you about that, but you said something very interesting before. So I'm oh, going to go back and chase that squirrel. You said that you don't follow other floral or wedding designers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because I think that this industry is is so Instagram heavy. Like any of my clients in the industry, I'm like Instagram. They're like, should I do LinkedIn? I'm like, no, you should not do LinkdIn. Okay. So right. Then um, ninja. Ninja, um, take a buzzword. I'm authentically LinkedIn ninja. Yes, buzz buzz. There for fun, um, and and I would say you know I don't know 99.9 percent of them follow primarily other floral and wedding designers, and so that's a real anomaly. And I'm sure there's a very good reason that other people can learn from. Why do you do that? I think it's just a big mistake. I think that, like I said earlier you've got to do you and you can't build something if you're looking left and right all the time. You've got to keep your head down. You've got to work on your own thing because it's not going to grow. You're never going to move the needle in your business. If you are constantly 
trying to emulate what other people are doing. And it's easy, it's easy if you're following somebody and you're just like, you know, I mean, let's be honest, like going to the bathroom and you're on your phone and then you see a competitor and they did a floral pop-up. You're like, oh no, I need to do a floral pop-up, which is a natural human reaction. It's so a natural thing you're reaction. Because then you feel like you need to throw up. You're like, great, I'm already here. Right, I'm already here. Yeah, like, Sorry. So I so probably could have come up with a better example. But no, what I'm saying is like... Relatable. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's pretty much where everyone does these things. You're not yeah. in a headspace. Yeah. Sometimes we're in a headspace where we're like, we can look at Instagram objectively. But sometimes you're just like scrolling mindlessly and you're that's when it away. hits you. You're that's when, that's yeah, yeah, that's when it bites you. And you're like, oh no, I'm not there. Or here's the other thing. Vendors might, you might have asked somebody to do a styled shoot with you, right? And then this vendor that you asked to do that with, they are doing a wedding, a, a huge wedding, and you weren't asked to be part of the wedding. And then you just get your feelings hurt. And it's like, you don't know the situation with that. The bride could have been like, I'm picking every vendor. I don't want any referrals. I don't want any, like, it's no one's fault. But then we carry around this, like, why didn't that, it's just, it doesn't do anybody any good. It just takes you off track. And so also then you can have more original ideas and then you're not worried like, oh, everybody, literally every single wedding vendor in my area, my county, my town, whatever, does this bridal fair. I'm the only one who doesn't. And I'm okay with that because I know it doesn't make me any money. And I'm kind of like, why are y'all doing that? Because they're just taking your money. But I don't, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to see them all there. I don't need to doubt that decision because it is the best decision for me and my business. And honestly, I think if you were to look at a spreadsheet of data, it, it proves it. Like it proves if you don't look at what everyone else is doing, you are going to succeed and much faster. I mean, to scale from bankruptcy to six figures in two years, and then six figures to seven year to, to seven figures in two more years, bankruptcy to seven figures in four years. You don't do that looking around. You do that with your with your head down. I love that. I love that. That is so so valuable. I feel like everyone should take like a moment of silence and just absorb. It's 100% <laughs> true. I happen to not follow um, almost anyone, but I'm also I'm a little bit of an intellectual snob. Um, there's not that many people that I, I listen to, but I do. There are a few. There are a few people that I'm like a total fangirl of. Few. Yes. Um, and I think that's the other thing. If there's someone that when you follow them, you feel zero competition with and they bring you joy, like it bring like there's, there's no jealousy or anything then by all means but if there's I don't I don't follow other educators either except one who genuinely I'm like this girl just encourages me like I like this you know but you don't need to you need know thyself know thyself that's all 100% like I remember this is years ago already uh how many years I would say probably like seven years ago um and there was a magazine like a, a, a local community magazine and all the other like business consultants, marketing people, they were all like writing articles and getting featured. And uh, I totally knew more than them. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, I just, my backgrounds, like I totally, like, I would read the stuff they were writing. I'd be like, okay, that's right. But that's totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's just wrong. Um, like, why are you advising people that? And I would get so mad about it. And I would have that feeling in my heart, like, why am I not there? Why am I not there? And so I got to the point where I just, I canceled my subscription. 
I'm like, I'm not, I'm done. I'm not looking at this. And then of course, like I got featured in that magazine a whole bunch of times and I'm like, eh, I don't even look at it. Someone else has to tell me what I'm in because <laughs> I stopped subscribing. And you're like, oh, I saw you that. I'm like, oh yeah, that went live. Okay, cool. Can you send me a picture? I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that, and, and I, I would agree with you so much. The only way you ever get in it is if you stop looking at it going, why am I not there? Because right. all the time that you're looking, you're putting that negativity out there. You're almost making a wall, blocking yourself from getting it because you you want it, but you're you're so mad about not having it. You're you're essentially pushing it away. Absolutely, absolutely. You're a hundred percent right. So I, I hold to that advice so much. Um, I, I feel like you know maybe no one's going to listen to us at all, but at least I'll have heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of like my clients who are like, you know, massive Instagrammers. And I'm thinking like if I put one of them on the phone and I said, listen, honey, whether like their floor is following florists or organizer following organizers, like they all, like one of my clients is a personal organizer. She's amazing. And it, I still remember like one day she gave me like this whole shout out on Instagram. And that day I got like, you know, I don't know, 75 new followers who are all organizers. Yes. <laughs> like, Funny. That's her people. That's yes. People. I love it. Um, <laughs> And so I feel like if I were to pick up the phone and tell any of my clients who are like in an industry and everyone in their industry follows them and they follow in their industry and be like, listen, I want you to unfollow every single person in your industry that you're following. They would, they would just look at me and be like, Esty, I love you. I listen to like so much of what you say, but no. <laughs> yeah. Most people are very scared to do that. And they're they scared of like hurting that. feelings and all this. And I'm like, whatever, like just unfollow. And I always say, I can never follow more than 200 people. There has to be a one in front. And if I creep up, I got to unfollow people. And it isn't personal. It's just protecting my own headspace and stuff. So it's oh, very, it's actually really important. At all much. I, I really should get in there more. I like, I go in, I, I like to say I'm much more of a giver on social media than a receiver. Like mm -hmm. I go in, I share, I post, um, I don't really do much else. Yeah. <laughs> I share and, and I, and I read all the feedback. I do mm -hmm. read all the feedback. Yeah. Um, I did have at some point I had someone else on the team doing some of the following. So we ended up following like a billion ridiculous people and they haven't been unfollowed yet. Perhaps by the yes. time they will be. So I don't ever look at my feed because I don't follow anyone that I'm interested in at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I do. I do. I definitely follow people I'm interested in. It's just that I, I love you all. <laughs> You don't have to. You don't have to love everyone. <laughs> the podcast. I do see some of it. I do see some of it. And uh, and I think that's something else that, that you know, black box, but having someone else goes through social media, mm -hmm. all of my social media is a blend of me and someone else. I don't have enough hours in my day. Right. I do think that Instagram is an incredible tool to get people to your website. I think all the social media platforms are. I mean, it's been proven with um with our our latest course it's called the power of pinning you can go to cool. the power of if you want to learn more about it but is it pinterest yes the power of pinning uh, power of but it is we learned we have a spreadsheet that shows because of course we ask everybody because we track the data how they found us and it is just all over the board it's like newsletter instagram facebook pinterest podcast it just is all over the board and so i do think but ultimately, they go to the website and that's where they buy the course or that's where they buy your product that you're selling or your service that you're selling. Like at the end of, the, at the end of it all, they are going to go to your website. And so I do think that these platforms are incredible marketing tools, but we can't 
look at them. We don't own any of those. We own our website. I, I own my website. And so sure, I can use these tools to get people to it, but the website is the most important thing. It's the thing that we put the, the majority of our energy into is into that, not the other things. Totally. I always say social media is the party. Your website's your house or your store. Like that's yeah. your property. Social media is a party. You go out there. You don't run the party. You don't manage the party. If the lights got like Facebook went out a little while ago for a day. Yeah, people freaked then, out. Everyone freaked out. Guys, like all that happens is you were at a party and someone forgot to pay the electric bill or something. And the but it's okay. Talk to anybody. It's okay. It's never your party. You go, you go home early. Exactly. Fine. Free day. Good. Yeah. So you're a little disappointed. It's okay. Totally. totally. Stop by the liquor store on your way home. You're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> People build their entire business on it. And I know, I, I feel like I might get some complaints on this, but guys, this is just out of place of love. We want to help you. Um, so I want to challenge you on, on something here. Um, and, and I'm open to whatever answer you throw back at me. One okay, here we go. Uh -oh. You're like, oh no, more things. So one of the things that I teach in my marketing magic course, and I tell people like, they always say, why is this different than anything else? And I explain it of what's out there in the, for sure in the, in the micro business and small business industry in marketing, for sure. There are three things. There are the morons, right? They sound too good to be true. They are discount them. Um, then there are the industry experts, right? Which is the category I put you in. They found something, they did it. They were successful. They're going to show you how to do it. And uh, and again, no insult intended, but part of what I say to people is this works really amazing for some people and not for others because you have to be able to mimic their strengths, their abilities, their situation, their access, and, and you have to be able to mimic the model that they built. And then there are genius tacticians who know Facebook ads, email marketing, messaging, mm -hmm. Instagram. Um, and you know, how do you know if that's your tool? So in my course, we do all of marketing strategy. It covers A to Z, everything from branding and sales and the whole thing. And then go ahead and choose which tactic you want to follow or what industry you want to learn more about. So I'm going to challenge you to, to tell me what I say about industry experts. How do you make sure that the people that go through your programs, if they don't have the same situation, same ability, same access, same everything, that they can benefit. Because what I've seen from people who, who come to my program after having failed at other ones, usually that's the downfall. And there's amazing testimonials. And I'm like, yeah, because those people had the basic same set of circumstances and abilities as the person who made that course. So they were, right. and the rest of the people just fall bottom under. Right. Here's the thing about sales. If there's one thing that I know, it's sales. And sales is three parts. Sales is the sales pitch. Sales is the actual sale. And most importantly, it's the follow-up. It's the, it's the service. And what we do really well is they have access to us. We have a link where they can, you know, put questions in. Those go to me and my team. We do get back with them. We follow up with them to make sure, are you getting through this module okay? What do you need help with? Like, we genuinely, we don't want anyone to spend because the course is, BBB is like my flagship course, Business Behind the Blooms. But oh, that's such a cool name. Thank you. You can it. go to the businessbehindtheblooms.com to find out more about that one. But love it is the kind of our flagship course, right? And it was always so important to me because that one course that I bought in the very beginning that was a flower course, but it was a it was a design, like how do you make a bouquet kind of course. I had one question, one question, and I emailed, I 
wrote um, a letter. I bought a gift and mailed it, like thinking like this person will get back to me. And they never did. And I realized they don't really care about educating me that I was a number, a sale. And I genuinely don't feel that way. If I, I want people to have their lives changed. I want people because I know what it's like to walk home at 10 p.m. and you haven't seen your family all day. And I know what it's like to then go straight to bed and cry yourself to sleep because you don't know how you're going to pay the electric bill the next day. I know what it's like to then the next day be doing a little article in the local paper pretending that you're successful and being a complete fraud. Like I know all those things. And so I'm, I know that feeling. And then I know after just a couple short years, the feeling that I have now and how different that is and how freeing that is. And I want people to have that. So our service side is really good. And I'm so grateful for that. And the other thing is the feedback that I get back from our courses is more than anything, they say that that course gave them confidence. I don't speak to them. Like I say, I, I, I just tell them what I do. Like I just share with them what I do and they are able to look at it because it's not a how to, it's not now do this, now do this. It's like, this is what I was doing. Now I do this. They're able to look at chapters and go, that's not going to apply to me, but these other 23 really do. And I'm going to, take this up and I'm going to do this. But they say that the confidence is the number one thing that they take from it. And they appreciate the tough love because it's just a direct answer. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And we have a 49% repurchase rate. So someone who buys the business behind the blooms, yeah, 49% of the people who buy the business behind the blooms, we go, we do it. Um, we launch it, you know, once a year, 49% of those people will buy additional courses in the year. Cause we have four, okay. we have four courses. So, so yeah, we've got, the blues. we've got the power of pinning. What else do we have? We have know your numbers. Okay. So that's, um, that one is know your numbers dot education. Nice. And then we have a winning website, which is a winning website.com. Love it. I love that you got a domain for each one. That's very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. I like that a lot. I, I would, I'd love to advise everybody that if you are going to buy a course, check for that service side, right? That's part of how I teach my, in my mm -hmm. course about the sales hourglass, right? Cause you got to get people in the funnel yeah. through the funnel, then into the pyramid. Absolutely. So you, service them, so you have retention, resell, upsell, recommendation, referral. Those are the five pieces I put in there. And when we, we, did a new course, it was never this brand new idea. It was this BBB students who said, I really want to know about Pinterest. Tell me about it. Like, how do you do it? What, how do you have 3 million views or whatever monthly views? Like, how do you do that? And I was like, really, you want to know about that? Like I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, it, or to sell, like that is just like misery to sell, but it's like, that's what they wanted. And 49% of them bought it, you know? So I just listen to them. That's the other thing. It's not about me. Like I genuinely want to teach these people. So what they need is what I'll teach them.
Totally. And I think that's such a good piece of advice also. And that, that's how we've built everything as well. Like we chose Marketing Magic as our flagship course because I looked at what we were selling. So I've been running a, a small business consulting firm for almost 10 years now and yes. doing one-on-one with clients. And we just kind of maxed bandwidth and uh, I was getting so many inquiries and people like our services were not as affordable as they had been when I was fresh and tiny. Um, and my passion was always to make it affordable that, that micro business owners could have that level of professional advice. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I could turn this into a course. Let's see if anyone's going to want it. And we looked at what sold the most and like 70 plus percent of our clients came from marketing strategists. So that's the first thing we're going to do. Right. And everything we've built has been based on what is everyone asking? And in my course, you know, I tell them, okay, what do you guys want next? Do you want this? Do you want this? I'll build what you want. You tell me what you right. want. I'll build. Exactly. And everyone, guys, all of you, all of you, all of you, ask your people what they want, then build that. The, the businesses that come to me that struggle the most are the businesses that they first build it and then they look to see who wants it. That's not right. how it works. That's not how it works. Not how Can't it works. do that. Never. You got you to do what you know. You got to do what you know. And everybody knows something. There's, there's someone who honestly, legit, I forget what the numbers were, but it was staggering. Staggering. Makes so much money off of a little ebook, like a little PDF. And I don't mean little as in like belittling it. I just mean like, it's not that long. It's like a short PDF about making pie crust or something. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows something. It doesn't have to be marketing or business. Like it could be, you really know how to organize your kids clothes or something. You know what I mean? Like something that is a, a, a hack that makes someone else's life easier because someone out there is wondering, how do I make pie crust? really, really good. I don't know. Exactly. You know, and so the world just, is so big now. Like some, you can sell again, you can send something big to a few people and you could sell something small to a ton of people. Absolutely. And as long as you work from the place of your strength, it, it just, it works. It's, I, part of what I teach, so I do it as a, it's a visual, it's a flower. So the core is the seed and that's what comes from you, right? That's the light you want to shine. That's what you want to bring the world. And then that center of that flower, and there's like a whole teaching around it. Those are the people that STEM is what connects you. If you don't mm-hmm. connect, the whole thing doesn't work. There's right. a connection between what you're trying to bring to the world and a group of people who wants to buy it. Like that. Right, exactly. That's, that's it. It's simple. Doing. Business so. is actually very simple. It's very simple. It's an. It's not easy. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Not easy. But super it's simple. simple. Yeah, yeah. Because you can boil it down. I say business is an exchange of value for value. You have something valuable. Mm-hmm. Someone else will give you something valuable, i.e., money. Or some people always ask me, like, should I barter? I'm like, well, would you have bought that thing otherwise? Mm-hmm. Then it's worth money. Then it's the same thing. Why do you need the money? It's just a middleman. Right. <laughs> like, and if you weren't going to buy it, then why would you barter it? You didn't want it. Right. <laughs> you know. And yeah. It's like, so, ah, we're going to talk forever. So tell me now where you're at. So you've transitioned and, and I love what you've done with it, by the way. I love how you, you're keeping the floral because that's how you bring your wind. It's also, it sounds like how you stay in the industry and you stay current and you, you, you can keep learning and having, you know, the actual experience keep teaching from. Still get featured and still be asked by publications to give expert advice and everything. Cause yeah, like that's, that's my audience. Like any weddings, like, are you... I'm going to, I'm going to like be very frank again. Like, <laughs> that, like if you're not doing anything, like, are you going to get rusty? I don't know. Like you're not doing the work anymore. I just taught a floral demonstration class that was, we do a few small classes throughout the year. We like for people to get like a dose of, um, my teaching style and everything. So I teach a demonstration once a year. And that costs money. It's an online demonstration. So that did very well this summer. 
I, I don't know, so you still get to play with flowers a little bit. I hear it. It's just, it's in yeah. the context of teaching as opposed to service. It's also like riding a bike. I mean, you don't forget how to make a bouquet when you did it for many years. I hear that. I hear that. I'm thinking. Sure, practice is is wonderful, but you don't need. I mean, for me personally, like I I know how to make a bouquet. I'm I've never. I don't think I'm ever I'm not going to know how to make it. Right. I feel like I'm putting myself in your shoes, and I feel like I'd be <laughs> nervous because I'm like I'm so transparent. I'm like I'd be nervous that like someone would find me out that I'm not doing it anymore. It'd be like it'd be like if you stopped podcasting, and. You stop talking like you stop talking about this, but then five years from now, somebody asked you a marketing question. You're still so going to know different. how to answer it. That's different. If I stopped podcasting, it's not. It's not. And I know podcasting, but I wasn't current. That would be my concern because then I wouldn't know the newest things. I'm not. I'm not trying to 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 attack you. You know that, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're good. Sorry. We're good. I think podcasting was the wrong word. I just meant like yeah. if you stop teaching marketing. Like you were like, I wouldn't I'm be current. I wouldn't be current, but you would still know. I would know the foundational principle. Foundation of yes. And That's a bouquet fair. is the foundation of flowers. Like it's, fair enough. you know fair what I mean? Enough. So that makes sense to me. And that I think is, is really valuable. It's the, it's the found, like I might not know, like I fell out of the latest marketing stuff for a while when I was, I was a CIO for six and a half years. I wasn't doing any marketing for like five. If a new social media platform came up during that 10 years that you were out or something, you may not know that I this, know the marketing for that, but you are still always going to know the foundation totally. of marketing and a bouquet is the so foundation much. of floral design. That makes so much sense. I like yeah. that a lot. I like that a lot. It took me a minute to, to get it there, but that there it is. <laughs> no, I like that. That calms me down. Should I be you? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what's a current business struggle now with where you're at? So I have plenty of struggles. I have all kinds of struggles, but I definitely, one of my strengths, one of my, I'm a big believer in the strength finders and I don't hire anybody unless they take strength finders tests. Um, but one of my top strengths is futuristic, which is great for a leader and it's great, but I am very, I'm always thinking six months ahead. We have, we're honestly this week, we have something on sale for like four, a four day period. And we had a team meeting and everyone on the team meeting is talking about like what we have to do in the next four days. And I interrupted the meeting at one point and I said, okay, listen guys in April. And they're like, Jessica, <laughs> like, no, we don't, we're dealing with right now. And I'm like, I, I, but somebody needs to make this note because this needs to be done for April. And y'all know in April, I'm going to be thinking about, October. So we just, somebody make a note. And I have a hard time dealing with what needs to be done now because I'm always thinking so far ahead. But that is why you hire people who are, have all different strengths and who are good at the now, but I'm, I'm not good at the now, which also means I get a lot of ideas. And so I have to really try to hone them in and totally. reel them in and everything and just do what's ask myself what it does this actually apply to the things that I want to be doing for sure it's, like it's, a, that. it's a very common entrepreneurial struggle I feel like that yeah. is like entrepreneur of the visionary I also all the time my assistant just like you like I hire like linear processors because I'm like oh write this idea down and my sister's like Esty 
We need yeah. to get back to these five leads today. And I'm like, yes, but I just wanted to tell you that I think we should switch the entire lead process. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes, you and I are the same in that way, for sure. I also struggle with what you're working on right now with like a nutritionist and everything, being really tired at the end of the day. Like, I, like at four o'clock or 4.30, just like feeling unplugged and I'm not pregnant or anything. But I, you know... I think that there's a lot of energy that goes into your job and just really learning how to like properly fuel myself. I'm basically a kindergartner when it comes to that nutrition and <laughs> how you do that. And so that's something that I honestly do think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with as well is just, am I taking care of myself while I'm grinding and doing this thing? Totally. I actually, yeah. one of my um, posts that went viral on LinkedIn, it, it kicked off. I think we reposted it to Instagram also recently. Um, it was basically, why are entrepreneurs so abusive to themselves? Mm -hmm. If you ever worked a job where a boss ran you as hard as you run yourself, right. quit and say, Yeah. Yeah, totally. absolutely <laughs> right. This guy. You know, like, if you went to your boss and he said, okay, listen, Esty, Jessica, I booked you in five hours straight of meetings. If you need the bathroom, it's too bad. If you need food, it's too bad. You'd right. be like, you would totally sue. You'd go to HR, be like a psychopath. A hundred percent. You know, I, I've done that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I hear you. We all have. We all have. Yes. And so, yeah, you do have to, and that's part of treating your business like a business. And putting up boundaries and really starting to, to say that it's not about working 18 hour days, 16 hour, 14 hour, like give yourself some normal business hours and then get back to your life because you need it. Totally. Yeah. And, and you can make those choices, right? Like there are days that I'll still work sometimes, especially if we're in like a big launch or something, I'll work till two in the morning. Yeah. But I'm not stuck in it going, I don't know how to stop. I know exactly how to stop. Exactly. Exactly. Choices, but you should never. Yes. As a business, you should never feel forced. You should never be stuck in it. Right. You have to. Absolutely. Now, I worked Absolutely. with a nutritionist actually after my first kid was born. Um, so my diet of cookies for breakfast and cookies and banana for lunch and then a whole ton of food for dinner, it's mm -hmm. not working for me. After right. My first kid. Suddenly I didn't look the way I looked before I <laughs> first kid on the same diet. And I was like, and I remember going to the nutritionist and, she, and she's like, you can't have cookies for breakfast anymore. And I'm like, so I just need to explain something to you. I've spent the last 10 years or so having only cookies for breakfast. I don't have any clue what to eat if it's not a cookie. Right. No, what I like, I literally needed her to like, give me breakfast. I, I'm like, what, if it's not a cookie, with what is it? Side. What is it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know what's supposed to go here. So no, thank God I, I did that for a long time. And, and yeah, an accidental diet after my last kid. So no, I it's, totally but it's that. been so fascinating. Like you get this, like food is fuel. And if you can treat it, if you can start to shift your mindset to that, and it's not about being tasty. It's about fuel. It's amazing how much more beneficial you are at your job, how much better you are at it. Totally. For so, me, when I moved great. my business into an office, it made it so much easier. Like 100%. I still worked at home. So like I go down the hall and find something. Now I only, okay, I won't say I only take healthy food into my office. I only bring healthy food on most days. Right. Yeah. And I don't, except for chocolate, which is my drug of choice. Um, I don't have anything unhealthy in the office. So if I get uh -huh. free, there isn't anything here. Right. Are like nuts and dried fruit. There's regular fruit. There's water, like rice cakes sugar-free peanut butter. It's like, SD, if you want food, like this is what you got. 
Yeah, <laughs> totally. You. Totally. I, that for me helps a lot. But I want to go back to the first struggle because I think it's so valuable because I think it is like part of that entrepreneurial personality to always have that vision and have those ideas. So what do you do to kind of handpick the ones that are worth pursuing and not chase after squirrels or go down rabbit holes that you don't want to end up out of? You know, it's so funny because I had these ideas even in, even last year that I was going towards. And it was, I definitely take time every November to just step away from my business and work on my business. Cause you can't work on your business when you're in your business. And so I take that month to say what went well, what didn't go well, how can I make sure what didn't go well never happens again. What is my, I only look at things like a year at a time. Where do I want to live? What do we want to do? You know, what vacations do we want to take? Go ahead and mark off my calendar vacations and months that I want to take off or whatever those things are. But really what I realized this last November was all I want is to be the face, the voice. I have to be because it started. So I kind of got to stay with that. The face, the voice, the visionary. And I want things that can scale. And if it doesn't scale, then I don't want to do it anymore. And so that's why I did six months of speaking engagements. And during like that fourth month, I was like, this doesn't scale. Like, what am I <laughs> doing? Why am I? There's one of me getting yeah. on planes and driving around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have like a book yet to, you know, for people to buy at the end. It's like, what am I doing? And so it just became very clear to me that Anything that comes right, like I got an offer this morning to do something that once again, sounds great, but I'm like, I can't. so I just asked myself, can I scale that? Nope, I can't scale that. So it's a no. So you I have like to that. just make those boundaries, make them black and white, and there's no gray. And it makes decision making a lot easier. Totally. If the goal is scale, so we had someone on the show a while ago, must've been episode in the twenties. Um, and she said her motto, very similar to yours, is scale or bail. Yeah, scale, scale or bail. I'm going to bail. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. it, and if that's the goal. So yeah, everyone's got to have the goal that they, they measure it on. And like right. recently we transitioned, you know, like I was telling you from the one-on-one -on -one consulting to courses, but I'm so committed to that one-on-one. -on -one. So I've been training strategists so that we, with every course, we actually offer a one-on-one -on -one consulting um, option. Mm, yeah. So it's, I'm like kind of like consulting firm for the 21st century. So instead of right. hire a team of seven people and pay them all to tell you the same thing you could learn in online training. So we're blending the online mm -hmm. training with the one-on-one -on -one, um, guidance. That's awesome. Hearing that. Yeah, it's insane. But for me, every time that opportunity comes away and it's like, oh, we want to work with you. And I hit the point where like, there was literally no price tag I could put on my time that it wasn't full, which is yeah. insanely cool uh -huh. and insane. Um, and, and I had to stop. I, I do take like three to five clients a month now and that's it. Very, mm -hmm. very selective engagements. And otherwise everything's going through the company with the other strategists. And, and it's so hard because each one I got to look at it and say exactly the same thing. Like I want to help this person. Right. This person and that person and that person and that person. And what am I supposed to do? Run a lottery? Like how do I choose? Right. Absolutely. How do, choose, how do you choose that opportunity? It's like, no, my vision is I see that there's so many people who need this, exactly what I'm doing. I don't see anyone else doing it quite this way. And there are more people than I can ever speak to in a year. So right. that's your choice, Esty. Are, are you gonna, which rabbit hole are you gonna go down? Yeah. Where are you gonna leverage your time? What's your goal? My goal is I wanna help a million people in the next five years. Do it yeah. 
earn buckets of money and still have a life. If I'm going to do that, it's not going to be talking to each one of them. Individually. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was the thing too. We were doing, I was doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring and I realized it doesn't scale. It doesn't. Well, it's just, there's, there's a list, a laundry list of people who want in yeah. and I can only do so many a day. And when you do that many, you are exhausted. Yeah. You're exhausted. And I also realized they all have the exact same questions. Yes. So you're just repeating yourself. So I was like, online training. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this, this just makes more sense. Like it's just a smarter decision. So yeah. yeah. And that's what I do now. Even my private clients, I put them through at least pieces of the online training. Cause I'm like, listen, I love you. You want to leverage our time. Just watch module two of this course. Right. We'll just solve it together, but I don't have to explain it to you. Right. Day. I started Absolutely. before that. I would do like mini trainings to give my clients homework. I realized at the end of a bunch of my meetings, I would give them like, okay, here's what I need you to do for homework for the next meeting. And then I'm like, why am I spending my time on this? I recorded the homeworks. I recorded little videos to go with the worksheets. And I would say, okay, I'm going to have my assistant send you your homework. And the homework comes with a little video training. Yeah. And I don't have to repeat myself again. Magic. Yes. Look at yes. that. <laughs> you know, but no, 100%. And that takes us back to your saying about the, have you ever researched chronotypes? Did you read the book when? Dan no. Daniel Pink. So I'm a big believer in chronotypes, which is kind of your... It's how your body interacts with time. Everyone has their high and low energies. Um, he talks about more than just that in the book. It's, it's, I really like it. And uh, I've always been a big fan of chronotypes, like a night person, morning person. Most people have a low mid-afternoon and it's a matter of, yeah, it is food. It is fuel, 100%. It's also a matter of getting to know your body and your type. I know that I have a low. It's around three or four, depending on if the clock's changed or not. My body literally has a low the exact same time of day and it's not a clock thing because when the clock right. is a different time of day. Right. So, and, and you just get to know yourself. So I don't plan any intense activities for that time. Like I saw when I was scheduling clients then, I'd be like yawning and I'm not like, I don't ever get bored when I'm Right, totally, same. And, and so I don't, I won't book a client during that low time because I just know like that's a time I need to do only certain kinds of work or just take a break. Um, right. And that's working with yourself. It's, it's very cool stuff. Totally yeah. recommend it. Yeah. Okay. On that note, where should people go to find you, to check you out, to learn more about your courses? You can go to ZimmermanEvents.com. Awesome. That, that's pretty simple. I like Perfect. that. Perfect. Yes. Take them to ZimmermanEvents.com. Guys, you really should check Jessica out. Um, she survived my grilling. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> totally didn't mean it like that. Um, so Jessica, I like to kind of surprise my guests at the end. And I know I didn't warn you about this. I'm never listening to this podcast, by the way. Never listening to it. Never. Never. <laughs> won't even publish it. Um, for a quote. For a quote. A quote. It's not to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be. I love quotes. Oh. I love like kind of wrapping things up with a quote. I love, um, it's by Jay-Z. Okay. Um, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. <laughs> that was a really bad one. Um, I actually like that a lot. Like that's a personal brand right there. Yeah. I'm not I'm a businessman. Business I'm, I'm a, a business, business man. Yeah. And we, I like that a lot. We, um, we share the same initials. So, you know, I like, I like Mason Jay-Z. Um, uh, my biggest thing is I always say, go with your gut, go with your gut. Your gut's never going to steer you wrong. So go with your gut. I love that. Those are two amazing quotes. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Guys, you all know someone who's a florist. 
I know you do, because I do. I'm going to share this episode with them. And I think you should too, because you need to share the love. So I know you're subscribed. So just, you know, make sure some weird chance you're not, or if someone shared this amazing episode with you, now you do need to subscribe because you know there's more amazing stuff coming. And share this with someone else in a creative industry, especially if they're in the floral industry. They've got to learn this. They've got to learn about Jessica. They've got to learn about the business that goes behind the business. So just send them to iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or anywhere. It's episode 77. They can just go to sdran.com slash 77. You see the show notes, the links to find Jessica at Zimmerman Events. And we will catch you next week. Jessica, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?